Hey family, welcome to the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast, where I, your host, Ashley France Howell, tell the stories of Black victims of police brutality. Today, I'll be telling the story of Corey Lamar Jones. Corey Lamar Jones was born on February 3rd, 1984, to Clinton Jones Sr. and Anita Banks in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Corey had four siblings, one brother and three sisters. He also had two cousins who are former NFL players. There's Vince Wilfork, who played for the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans, and Anquan Bolden, who played for the Arizona Cardinals, the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Detroit Lions, and the Buffalo Bills. Corey attended Santa Luz's Community High School, where he was on the school football team. After graduating from high school in 2002, Corey attended the University of Akron in Akron, Ohio, where he double majored in music and business administration. He graduated in 2006, then returned to Florida. His mother had been diagnosed with cancer, so he returned to be by his mother's side until she passed away that same year. After graduation, Corey worked as a youth mentor for a nonprofit organization called My Brother's Keeper, which is a mentorship program for young men. He was also an inspector and assistant property manager for the Delray Beach Housing Authority, where he inspected homes and apartments to make sure that they were fit for low-income families. Corey served sort of as a liaison between landlords and tenants and subsidized housing. He helped his father with his construction business on Fridays and spent a lot of his free time with his older brother, who was also a former NFL player. He was wide receiver Clinton C.J. Jones Jr. Corey was also a part-time drummer for a band called Future Presidents. He performed at his church, the Bible Church of God in Boynton Beach, Florida. One of Corey's friends said that two drummers he knew had their equipment stolen, so they chose to arm themselves. Corey then decided to purchase a 38 caliber handgun to protect himself and his drum set. The set was a $10,000 gift from his brother, CJ. On the night of October 18, 2015, Corey and his band performed at Johnny Mango's Bar and Grill in Jupiter, Florida. On his way home, Corey noticed that his car had begun experiencing problems. So one of his bandmates found out about the issues and went to a nearby gas station to get some motor oil to put in the car. That effort didn't work, so Corey's friend offered to take him home. But Corey denied the ride, telling his friend that he would just call for a tow truck. Corey also spoke to CJ, telling him not to come pick him up. He needed his car for church in the morning, and he didn't want to leave it abandoned. He was supposed to be playing his drums at two services the next day. Corey also called the Florida Highway Patrol hotline to get help as well. Around 3.15 a.m., Officer Newman Conraja from the Palm Beach Gardens Police Department 
was supposed to be responding to a call about a disturbance at a nearby hotel. At the time, he was working in plain clothes, wearing jeans, a t-shirt, and a baseball cap. He was also driving an unmarked van. On his way to the hotel, Officer Raja saw Corey's SUV parked on the shoulder of the ramp leading to the hotel. Officer Raja thought it was abandoned, but Corey was actually inside. Officer Raja asked his supervisor if he could check out the vehicle and permission was granted. So he drove his van the wrong way up the ramp and stopped near Corey's SUV. He got out of the van and approached Corey. So by the time he got up the ramp, he did see that someone was in the SUV. Officer Raja's supervisor testified that if an officer were to approach a civilian, they should wear a police vest to ensure that their identity is clear. And Officer Raja did not do that. He left his vest in the van along with his radio and police gun, but he did take his personal gun with him. While Officer Raja was approaching Corey, Corey was on the phone talking to a tow truck dispatcher, and they were on a recorded line. Officer Raja claimed that he announced himself as a police officer, but this was found to not be true because the conversation between him and Corey could be heard on the phone recording. I'm going to play a clip of the recording, and when it's done, we'll come back and I'll tell you what I heard. What's the address of the vehicle location? I'm off uh, the PGA uh, southbound exit. Hello? Hello, I'm here. Okay. 195. Okay, so you're on... On 95? I-95 exit uh, PGA um, southbound. Okay, is there any... Um, hold on, let me write southbound down. Is there any buildings, landmarks, anything like that, that I could use to pinpoint your address? Stop. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's gunshots. Okay, welcome back. So the clip starts off with Corey on the phone with a dispatcher trying to get some help. She's trying to figure out where he is so she can send a tow truck to the correct place. Then I hear a dinging, and that dinging sounds like what happens when your car is off, but the door opens and the key is in the ignition. Then I hear Corey say something along the lines of, yeah, I'm good. Now, what I can barely hear, but according to the transcript, Officer Raja says, really, a couple times. Then all of a sudden, Officer Raja says, get your fucking hands up, twice. Then Corey says, hold on. 
Officer Raja again says, get your fucking hands up, drop. And right after that, there were three gunshots. So because this is only audio, of course we can't see what happened, but this is what I think happened. Remember, it is three o'clock in the morning and Corey is stranded on the side of the road with his music equipment. The same equipment he brought a gun to protect. Corey sees a random white van pull up near his vehicle and a random man who we now know as Officer Raja, in street clothes begins to approach him. That's when Corey likely opened the car door. The guy is probably looking and acting strange, so during the confrontation, Corey shows the guy that he's armed. That's when Officer Raja pulls out his own personal gun and shoots Corey first. So that's what I think happened in the moments leading up to Corey's death. What happens next is according to the investigation. Corey tries to get away by getting out of the car and running away from Officer Raja. While Corey is running, he throws his gun and Officer Raja shoots him three more times. And he dies at the scene. Corey was 31 years old. According to Officer Raja, he said he shot at Corey and thought Corey had dropped the gun when he was running away down an embankment. But suddenly Corey had turned around and Officer Raja saw something silver in Corey's right hand. So he fired at Corey three more times. Based on the investigation by the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office and the Palm Beach Gardens Police, the gun wasn't even close to Corey's body. The investigation also revealed that Corey never fired his gun and it was found about 72 yards from his SUV and Corey's body was found about 64 yards past that. So it sounds like Corey was running he threw the gun pretty quickly and kept running until Officer Raja shot him. There was a span of about 10 seconds between the first set of three shots and the second set. Corey was hit in both arms and the fatal bullet went through his heart and both of his lungs. After the investigation was complete, Officer Raja was charged with manslaughter by culpable negligence and attempted first-degree murder with a firearm. Yes, you heard that correctly. Attempted first-degree murder with a firearm. Now, you, like me, are probably wondering how the hell was he charged with attempted first-degree murder when the victim is dead? So, an article from the South Florida Sun Sentinel says, quote, but prosecutors allege that the shooting is broken down into two distinct parts. One bullet, which hit Jones's chest, was fatal, while the other shots were fired at a fleeing Jones, and Raja must have known by that point that Jones was unarmed. 
Raja chose to gun down Corey Jones despite the lack of a threat. End quote. Sometimes the legal world makes my head spin. So shout out to all the lawyers out there. Officer Raja was arrested on June 1st, 2016, and his bail was set at $250,000. He was able to post bond and stayed on house arrest for almost three years until his trial. On March 7th, 2019, after the jury had deliberated for about four hours, Officer Raja was found guilty. This made him the first officer in Florida to be convicted of an off-duty shooting in 30 years. On April 25, 2019, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison, and he is currently incarcerated at the Wakula Correctional Institution in Tallahassee, Florida. Corey's family filed a civil lawsuit against Officer Raja and the city of Palm Beach Gardens. An article I read said, quote, In the lawsuit, the family claims police failed to train Raja in how to properly conduct an undercover operation. The Jones family also says that the department failed to properly supervise Raja. The city, according to the lawsuit, is also accused of being negligent when they hired defendant Raja, who had a clear pattern of disciplinary actions for not following orders. The lawsuit claims the Palm Beach Gardens Police Department's policy manual fails to specify what plainclothes officers in unmarked cars should do in roadside encounters. The family wants a jury trial and $15 million in compensatory damages attorney fees, and money to recoup loss of earnings, medical and funeral expenses, end quote. This was initially filed in 2016, but the family's lawyer thought it would be best if they waited until after Officer Raja's trial. There haven't been any updates, so I'm assuming COVID may have put a damper on their plans. As always, I'll let you guys know when I find out more information. Just a few months ago this year, Officer Raja's appeal for his sentencing was denied, and he will have to continue to serve his prison sentence. He's due to be released in 2044. Corey's aunt, Sheila Banks, said, quote, We are still suffering from the murder of of our beloved Corey. Our lives will never be the same. This hurt runs deep. We must keep his memory alive. And that family was the story of Corey Lamar Jones. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Hudspod, and you can support the show by going to buymeacoffee.com slash Hudspod. Remember, Hotspot is spelled H-U-D-S-P-O-D. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. And if you don't mind, please leave me a five-star review. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week.